the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to The Firing Line. The Firing Line radio show is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, CCW Safe, Moppin Financial Advisors, Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best, Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, by Gromit's Cutlery and Gifts, and Vortex Optics, Vortex, the force of optics. And now your host, Philip Naiman. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. Hello, folks. Welcome to another edition of Firing Line Radio Show. This is Philip Naiman. Check us out on our Facebook page at Firing Line Radio Show or on our website, FiringLineRadio.com, where you can get all the podcasts for, well, it's a lot of money. Actually, they're free. So you have absolutely no excuse not to get the podcast, FiringLineRadio.com. And then when you're busy on Saturdays at 1 o'clock, you can still get the show. Pull it down anytime you want, FiringLineRadio.com. Hey, this week, I have a very special guest, Mark Garcia. Mark Garcia is the Chief of Police for the City of Redlands. So welcome, Mark, to the show. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate you having me. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to come down here and and do the show. So thank you very much. I know things are busy up there. Um, those of you who are keeping our calendars and want to know what's happening going forward, September 23rd. September 23rd, we're going to be doing the... Um, National Fishing and Hunting and Wildlife Day over at Bullseye Sport. So we'll be doing a show. We're recording at 8 o'clock that morning. So that's when he opens up his doors. That's when the sales are going to happen. So 8 o'clock a.m., September 23rd at Bullseye Sport, corner of Brockton and Central in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets their guns and ammo. So check that out, September 23rd. And then um, from 10 o'clock to 7 o'clock, both days, Saturday and Sunday, will be at the Fish Store, Bass Pro Shops, doing the Rex Reviews Long Range Precision Shooting Seminar Series. So that's going to be awesome. We are doing this. This is the classroom work where you find out everything you needed to know about long range precision shooting, gaining about 10 years of shooting experience just by going through that simple weekend. Not simple, but that weekend. Then you'll be eligible for the shoot day. So our shoot day is going to be the end of January. 2018 and we're doing that because it's cooler less we're shooting outside we don't like dry grass we like wet grass right so we'll have a better range down in the south temecula area on a private ranch um, we'll be shooting out to about a mile or so but calculated shots and and again going through the program first is going to be a prerequisite for the shoot day so the only time he's coming out here september 23rd 24th you're going to want to be involved in that Please don't miss it because it uh, took a lot to get him out here and I'm really looking forward to a great seminar with a lot of information and this is your chance to pick it up from there. So again, that's September 23rd, 24th. We go to Vences at 8 o'clock, grab your sales stuff, spend all your money there, then come to the seminar over at the Fast Pro Shops and watch Rex do his thing. Mark, thank you. I'm taking care of business there for being so kind. Mark Garcia, folks, he's the chief of police, the city of Redlands, and there's a couple of reasons I asked him to come in today. 
one of which is he's a pretty good guy. So, you know, he tries hard. I, I've seen that on the street. So thank him for that. Thanks, Phil. <laughs> Um, but let's talk a little bit about your background. Now, you didn't always work in the city of Redlands. No, I worked for the San Bernardino Police Department for 24 years, and a little over six years ago, I got hired as the chief of police for Redlands. So we want to talk anything about um, the city of, that we effectively, affectionately call the city of Sad Burning Ghetto. Um, you can't comment well, on that, I, but I did. Well, San Bernardino yeah. was a great place for me to grow up as a police officer, and it's where I got the experience that prepared me to be the chief of police in Redlands. So uh, it's it's a great department, even though the city's struggling with uh, some issues. Uh, I think the men and women of the San Bernardino Police Department are great officers and do a good job. Well, I'm going to second that because I, I know several of them, and they are they are so hardworking. You know, it's not like they're Bel Air police officers who are rolling around looking for new winchels to open up or something like that. These guys are... Or what was that a stereotype? Well, guilty of stereotype, but that's Bel Air. It doesn't count. Um, these guys are working hard, and the crime rates in San Bernardino aren't the fault of the police department. I mean, they're running around putting as many bad guys behind jail, behind bars as they can, and it's a physical limitation when you have a city who's run their budgets down to about two thirds of what they should be, and their manpower at two thirds of what they should be, but the criminals are. You know, two hundred percent of what they should be. It's a losing combination. Yeah, you have to have enough officers on the street to be able to do the job well. Uh, you know, when I left San Bernardino, they were authorized three hundred and fifty officers. They're down to about two hundred and thirty, two hundred and thirty-five, and they need three hundred and fifty. So, any help that the city can give them in that regard, I know that they've authorized uh, more hiring, but it's going to take a while to do that. It's always time-consuming to recruit and hire the best people. Uh, but the officers that are there uh, still do a great job in trying to manage and prioritize the calls that they have, uh, and it's a difficult place to work. It's you know always one of the highest in per capita violent crimes, so I think they do a good job with what they have to work with. Well, you know, again, well, I got the squeakiest chair in the world here, but again, the um, it's not the police department's issue. It's the city management issue uh, of directing funds. You know, they ran themselves into the ground, and, and now their police department's cut back, and the city is suffering because they're 100, 100 officers short, and that's that's a major issue on that. When I did a ride-along a few years back, and I've talked about it before, uh, that particular night there was four people shot, two died. Um, it was a all-in-one incident. But on all the calls that we went to that night, and I was riding with the sergeant, so we kind of went to to every call. We went to the first car there. But, but what I saw, I saw the absolute lack of respect for human life. And, and it's hard to quantify or even to understand that until you've actually seen it. You know, in the shooting incident, we probably rolled up 10 minutes after the shooting actually happened. And somebody was just then leaving the scene, trying to take somebody to the hospital with a bullet hole in their foot. Right? And minutes later, he says, oh, by the way, there's somebody else shot over there. Minutes later, we, they, they go clear the area. We get up there, and there's two guys laying on their backs with bullet holes in their chest. Another guy shot four times on the couch. Nobody trying to render first aid. No, you know, and, and the thing is, it's so weird. It's like, look, if there was a shooting and somebody's hit in the chest, your natural instinct 
the one that I'm most familiar with, my natural instinct is do what we got to do to save this. You're you're rendering the first aid you can. You're throwing them in a car. You're taking them to the hospital because that's a lot faster than waiting. You know, you're doing whatever you got to do to get this done. There was no none of that. It was fate accompli. It was it's, that's just the way it is. That mental attitude of well, they don't expect to live to be 26 anyway. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate that people have become so callous or or really lack the. Um, Reference or reverence for life and the sacredness of life, the dignity of people, and that leads to all manner of violence you see in San Bernardino, you see in Chicago, you see other places that just have very high violence rates because people no longer have a sense that uh, life is important or that life is sacred anymore. And so, again, and that's that's probably the big issue that's driving everything forward, but how do you deal with that as a police department? Well, I don't think that you can deal with it as a police department other than reacting and, and doing what we do as uh, law enforcement officers. It's more of a societal issue. You know, the more that we've moved away from uh, reverence to uh, God or a higher power, when we've moved away from truth and other things that are important, when we move away from the rule of law, then we have these types of impacts and consequences from the thoughts and ideas that we've uh, generated and tried to hold as important and put out as as, as important. Uh, but those things, unless those things change, we're not going to see a positive impact on our cities uh, in the country, and it's going to make our jobs as law enforcement officers harder. Amen. Appreciate it, brother. So here, one of the things that Redlands has done also that's kind of nice is you've done the community outreach where you've tried to, to put police officers in contact with risks youth at risk before they make those bad decisions in, in a positive manner. I'm not saying that they're policed, but they have contact with police officers in a positive manner for those particular groups of people, right? Yes, and, and I think those things are important. Uh, the more positive relationship we can have uh, with people before they have any kind of negative contact or experiencing the worst day of their life uh, contact, then we're able to build that trust with them, let them know that we're just average people like they are, and that we have a job to do. And building that trust, I think, goes a long way towards making sure that we can uh, have more positive relationships when we do have other types of contact with them. Now, and some of these kids, I know some of the backstories, I'm, I'm pulling it out of you here, I know you don't want to brag, but there's been cases where these kids have gone through, you know, had initial contact in these in these programs, and they've gone into Explorers, and they've actually become fantastic police officers, right? Yes, our, our Explorer program and, and different programs that we've done have generated a high number of police and officers and firefighters. And changed uh, kids' who, lives. Who definitely changed their lives, and we try to help them get on the right path. And if they break from that, we try to get them turned around the best we can, and it's had positive impact. That's awesome. Folks, Philip Naiman here with Mark Garcia, Chief of Police of the City of Redlands. I know you want me to ask him about CCWs. Well, we just might when we come back after this. A message from Vince, the owner of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo in Riverside. If you're a first-time gun owner or thinking about purchasing your first firearm, whether for hunting, home defense, or recreational shooting, it is important to take the next step and become a responsible gun owner. We highly recommend that you attend a certified firearm safety and training class, one that will teach you the basic knowledge, skills, and attitude essentials to the safe and efficient use of your firearm. 
As a law-abiding citizen, you have the right to self-defense, and with that right comes an obligation to educate yourself on the laws and safety procedures needed to use a firearm properly. For information about certified firearm training classes, call Bullseye Sport in Riverside at 951-823-0211 or check out their schedule of classes at bullseyesport.com. Because of Bullseye Sport Guns and Ammo, we believe in safety first. 951-823-0211. Pull! Whether you're a gold medalist or new to the sport of shooting, you'll love Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino, where Olympians shoot. Prado's shotgun facility is world-class, offering trap, skeet, and five-stand. And the pistol and rifle ranges are safe and enjoyable shooting environments with professionals there to answer all your questions. Are you an experienced pistol shooter with an itch to take your skills to the next level? Discover the sport of practical shooting at one of the monthly events. Prado hosts ISPC shooting events open to the public every first and third Sunday with Prado Running Gun Club, blending accuracy, power, and speed with challenging multiple moving targets, penalty targets, and obstacles. Prado Olympic Shooting Park is a great place to teach your whole family about the safe and effective use of firearms. Bring the whole family for an exciting day at the shooting range. Call Prado Olympic Shooting Park at 909-597-4518. Online at shootprado.com. 909-597-4518. AM 590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside and Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. See this? This is my boomstick. That's right, folks. Welcome back to Boomstick Radio. This is Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. And you know, as a regular listener, that our conversation is going to revolve around firearms, hunting, gun rights, all the good stuff afforded Americans under the Second Amendment of the Constitution. And our faithful companion in the battle to uphold these rights has been our longtime sponsor, Vince Torres, at Bullseye Sports, Guns, and Ammo in Riverside. Now, you've heard me talk about the Firing Line Gun of the Month Challenge, created in response to pending legislation from Excremento. Well, Bullseye Sports, one of the establishments participating in this challenge. Each month, special offer on a firearm. Your goal collect as many as possible. During the month of August, you can purchase a Smith & Wesson SD9 9mm for only $319.99. For more information about the challenge, go to Bullseye Sport. Bullseye Sport in Riverside, where the Inland Empire gets its guns and ammo. 951-823-0211. That's 951-823-0211. Or visit their website, bullseyesport.com. Bullseyesport.com. Hey, also a new announcement for Bullseye Sport. Uh, he is now... Finally, a Vortex Optics dealer. So Vince has finally got on board, which is awesome because Vortex, one of our, our main sponsors here, makes great glass. And now you can go over to Bullseye Sport and buy from him at a great price. So all, everything you want, the PSTs, the razors, the uh, crossfires, the, the sparks, they have them all. They're going to check it out at Bullseye Sport. Give him a call first. Let him know when his shipment comes in. But that's the news I got. He's, he's now a Vortex dealer. Mark Garcia, chief of Redlands Police, is grinning over that fact that finally he can find Vortex Optics locally. It's Aren't about it? time. It's, <laughs> it's what we do, Mark. I'm sorry. It's what we do. Um, and then again, don't forget, September 23rd at Bullseye, we have the National Hunting Fishing Day. Uh, Vince is having a lot of sales. We'll be there at 8 o'clock a.m. to record a show for airing that day. But the 23rd and 24th, we'll also be at the Bass Pro Shops doing the Rex Reviews Long Range Seminar. 
So you're going to want to be there, guys. Do not mess up and miss that. This is going to be probably the only one. These guys are from, uh, you know, they're from the great Northwest. So getting them out to uh, California is like pulling teeth. So we have to make sure we have a good showing up there. September 23rd, 24th, rexreviews.org for tickets. rexreviews.org for tickets. Okay. Sorry about that, Chief. Mark Garcia, Chief of Redlands Police Department. Um, One of the things I like to talk about because I'm, weird this way is uh, he's grinning he goes naming you're weird in a lot of ways i know i get that but uh ab 109 prop 47 prop 57 california suicide pact with crime i think if you combine them all together as a chief of police tell us your view on this these types of legislation have made it very difficult for the police officers on the street and for police organizations because they create a revolving door with no accountability for serious crimes committed. Uh, Prop 47 reclassified nine different crimes from felonies to misdemeanors. What were they? Uh, Things like several drug crimes, but things like possession of a stolen gun, uh, theft uh, of, you know, property over a certain amount. the possession of stolen property uh, was declassified from felony to misdemeanor. So there's things like that that are serious crimes that were reclassified that make it more difficult for us to do our jobs. And not having accountability on the other end for the people committing those crimes, then it creates a revolving door. And though we have chronic offenders that continue to reoffend and create more and more problems for the public, for our communities, and for police officers. Chronic offenders. So do you know of any one or two people, how many times, you know, kind of, a, do you have a record at the at the station? Like, oh, we, we arrested this guy X number of times? Yes, we keep records on all of that information. When Prop 47 was enacted, we tracked all of the Prop 47-related crimes. So since that proposition was enacted, we have arrested 1,515 people for crimes that were declassified from felony to misdemeanor under Prop 47. The highest offender, the chronic offender that we have, has been rearrested 30 times. And we've had at least a dozen people arrested six times or more. So by not having the accountability, by changing the way the structure is, it allows them to keep coming out and reoffending. And I'm not, uh, I'm confident that we're not arresting them every single time they commit a crime. We're arresting them for the ones we catch them at. Right. So let's take a look at this. Prop 47, 57, AB 109. The unintended consequences. You heard 1,515 arrests that should have been felonies, where people are away and doing jail time, are released as misdemeanors. What does that mean? That means they're back on the street doing the same damn thing over and over again. And 30, 30 times? And what does a judge say when he shows up in front of the judge? Well, under the new statutes, there's even limits the judge can have. If Even if he was to sentence someone to the maximum for the misdemeanor, it's 364 days. And then they're going to do about half of that time because of, you know, good time and the other laws that the legislators have put in place. And that's if the sheriff can even keep them in county jail because when AB 109 pushed all of the more serious offenders back to county jails rather than state prison, it limits the number of beds the sheriff has to put people that are considered lower priority. So you might have somebody that commits a burglary or a car theft that are serious crimes uh, not spending much time in jail because the sheriff doesn't have the beds for them. And uh, is that AB 109, the prison realignment, when it pushed them down, it, it, it basically... 
Well, it's nice that the state prisons are more like a country club now. There's room for prisoners to expand. And, you know, it's not crowded at lunch, not crowded in the showers. It's, it's a better lifestyle for the prisoners. And it's better for them by pushing all the crime, other criminals back out on the street for us. It, it, the state legislature is insane for many reasons. But the fact that they do not protect the citizens of the state from the criminals of the state and and the idea that putting bad people for committing certain acts is racist, putting them in jail, is an insanity plea. I mean, look, if somebody uses a firearm, and this is my how I solve gun violence in two minutes here, right? I know I have all the simple answers, but I'm really good at this. Trust me. So if you use a firearm in the commission of a violent crime, that's armed robbery, carjacking, nobody's hurt, right? You should get 20 years. If, if we want to be serious about gun violence, 20 years. One, if you did it, that's your penalty. If you didn't do it, that's not your penalty. But if you did it, there you go. You use a firearm in commission of a crime and you hurt somebody. You shot them in the leg. You pistol whipped them. You get life imprisonment. And if you kill somebody, rape somebody, you get the death penalty. Next Wednesday. Now, if you install those three penalties for those actions, it's not racist. Because... It's an activity. If you did this, this is the result. These criminals, as you know, are not stupid. When they're arrested, they say, what are you even bothering for? It's under 900 bucks. Yeah, right? the, we've had people tell us uh, straight out that they'll go into a store to steal something and, and actually calculate how much they're stealing to make sure it's under $950 so that they know that it's just going to be worst case scenario. If they get caught, it'll be a ticket. And they probably do it 10 or 15 times before they get caught. So they're uh, benefiting from that, you know, impacts the store and impacts all of us in prices. Uh, but they they have the system rigged. calculated and rigged so yeah, that they can uh, still do their crimes. They, they have no intention of being rehabilitated and not changing. It's their lifestyle. And that's, that's my point is like it's not – they will figure out if gun violence, if using a gun is that egregious a penalty – they won't use one. They'll do something else. They'll cut cables for a weapon or whatever. You know, they, they simply won't do it. So if you're trying to cut down gun violence, that's what you have to do is increase the penalty for that use dramatically and enforce it. It's not racist. You know, I'd like to quote Beretta, but he ended up being a murderer. So <laughs> Yeah, probably not a good example. <laughs> it was a good line anyway. Um, when we come back, we're going to talk about CCWs because uh, Chief Mark Garcia has stepped up and he is actually issuing CCWs. It's, it, um, just dry, it's a drive-by window, right? They just drive up, get a CCW, drive on. It, it's like that or no? Well, this is uh, the 21st century, Phil, so you can do it online. <laughs> oh, yeah. There you go. So, folks, if you live in the city of Ridlands, you are actually going to have quite a benefit here because you have a police chief who is CCW friendly, and he's, he has shortened the time for CCWs dramatically. We're going to talk a little bit more about that. We're also going to talk about the December 2nd massacre, if you will, here that happened in San Bernardino. Redlands Police Department was very involved in that. I want to hear um, all the good stuff that Redlands did to help us out in that particular area. Um, going back to going back to these laws, though, real quick, i got 20 seconds. We have had somebody, Melissa Melendez, who is a state legislator in the Lake Elsinore area, she has been such a stand-up person and trying to put the teeth back in these bills 
you know, she's the number one supporter of law enforcement. I think you'd agree to yes, that. Yes, Melissa does a great job, and we appreciate her efforts. I just wish that there would be more support for that uh, when she brings some of those good common sense bills uh, to, to her committees and to the legislature. You and me both. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. We'll be right back after this. Are you an expert marksman looking for a clean, safe place to shoot? Or maybe you've never shot a gun but want to learn? Well, the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range is the best place to work on your shooting skills, no matter what your experience level is. With 21,000 square feet of indoor range space, 35 shooting lanes, and an electronic target retrieval system, it means no line breaks and more trigger time. The friendly people at Riverside Indoor Shooting Range can answer all your questions about firearms training, self-defense training, firearm rentals, gunsmithing, archery, and more. And for the ladies, the Riverside chapter of The Well-Armed Woman meets there the second Tuesday of each month for women of all experience levels. Looking for a great holiday gift for the shooting enthusiast in your life? During the month of December, get 10% off a full year's membership or 10% off any gift certificate of $40 or more. Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. For directions and info, log on to RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. That's RiversideIndoorShootingRange.com. AM590. The answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by the Riverside Indoor Shooting Range, by Gromit's Cutlery and Gifts, and CCW Safe. Spartans, lay down your weapons! Persians, come and get them! Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Check us out on FiringLineRadio.com where you can get all the podcasts. You know, we're pretty active on Facebook. I do a lot of uh, posting when I find good stuff there. Some people out there say, I'm not on Facebook. Ah, I don't trust those guys. Well, look, you don't have to be on Facebook to see what we're doing. If you go to FiringLineRadio.com, scroll down, the Facebook feed shows up there. So you don't even have to get your face dirty doing Facebook. You can actually see what we're posting, keep abreast of all the things that we're talking about right there on our website, FiringLineRadio.com. So joining me back, I have, oh, and I forgot to say, September 23rd. Mark, you let me skip right over Don't that. forget your commercial. Jeez. September 23rd, 24th. Uh, September 23rd, we're going to be at Vince's at Bullseye Sports Guns and Ammo recording at 8 a.m. And then from the 10th to the 7 o'clock that, 10 o'clock to 7 o'clock that night, we'll be at Bo- uh, Bass Pro Shops doing the Rex Reviews Long Range Precision Seminar. You need to get your tickets at rexreviews.org. Do not miss that. Now we can start. Okay, folks, Philip Naiman with Mark Garcia. He is the chief of Redlands City Police Department. And when December 2nd happened, and we're going to get more into that in the next segment, but those of you who know about, remember what that was, there was a flood, a flood of CCW applications that hit the county sheriffs. Riverside was impacted heavily. San Bernardino was impacted even more. Typically, in my discussions with Sheriff McMahon, he would have 730 applicants in a year, and he'd probably issue 728 applications, okay? All of a sudden, he got like 4,000 in two months. It was nuts. And people complained that, well, why is the sheriff taking so long? Sad fact is, if you didn't already have one, it's because you didn't apply. So, well, things were easy on a different time frame. Nobody was interested. When something happened, then the... the the funnel got clogged. There was just too many applicants. They don't have the people to staff up. Well, Mark Garcia saw this, that wait times went from 
from a normal six months, six to nine months to one and a half to two and a half years. And we'll take it from there, Mark. Well, in seeing that uh, the sheriff had a large backlog, they had previously agreed uh, to do the reviews and the backgrounds on all of the Rudlands applicants. Uh, and seeing that he had such a backlog, I thought it was important for me to take what is legislatively my responsibility uh, to issue CCWs and to process those CCW applicants. Uh, so I took that responsibility back to shorten the time for people to from the city of Redlands to be able to process their application and to take that workload off of uh, the sheriff's department, who are always very good about partnering with us and helping us in doing the normal things that we do as law enforcement. So I thought it was only fair to be a good partner back. That's awesome. So what are the requirements for a CCW at Redlands? Well, it's all based on, on what state law is. So you just have to have good character, uh, make sure that there's nothing nefarious in your background, and have a legitimate reason to have a CCW. So people can go online and get the application, fill out the application, and then we're able to process those usually in about three to four months. I'm sorry, three to four years? Three to four months. Three to four months. Okay, those of you who are out there saying that it takes too long, three to four months is an unbelievable time frame. Hey, if it takes them six months, that's a good time frame because there's a lot that's involved. And one of the things that's a major holdup is actually the Department of Justice. So a guy goes in for a live scan. This actually happened actually happened to the, the director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. He applied for his CCW, and he had to do his real estate live scan also. Did them both at the same time. Real estate was, was confirmed in a week or a week and a half. It took them nine months, Department of Justice, to approve his live scan. Same thing, same right? So California, which as we know is not exactly firearm friendly, their Department of Justice isn't doing backflips to get things processed for the CCW crowd. They just aren't. It's a bit of a slower, cumbersome thing. So one of the problems that you run into is the DOJ slowing things down. In addition to that, you actually hired five part-time people for investigations, right? Well, we have five background investigators five background that investigators. do all of our uh, backgrounds, including I said employees. Five background investigators. Yeah, they, they do employee backgrounds. They do. Uh, we have a number of, of ordinances in the city that require backgrounds for, for example, exotic dancers, taxi cab drivers, uh, and then they do CCWs as well. <laughs> okay. Wait. <laughs> I, I have to go do the background investigation for an exotic dancer. Um, wow. But write a book on that one. That's not a good enough character. Are you looking for character references there? You know, we're moving on. So um, they have five people doing that. Three to, three to six months is about the time. There's also a class that's required. Yes, they they have to take, by state law, a safety class for firearms. The Sheriff's Department offers those, but several other private companies in the area offer those as well. We don't recommend any specific person, but as long as it's a reputable uh, firearms class, then that's what we will accept. And it must have a certain criteria or curriculum to pass that. Yeah, it's essentially the same as what the Sheriff's Department does. I think most private companies go along that same type yeah. of line. So any reputable company, I think, is is worth uh, accepting. There's no strict requirements on that. But we do want to make sure that people understand firearm safety when they're uh, 
going to be handling a, a firearm on a regular basis. Now, um, so is the firearm the shooting test, the one the, the state puts on, or do you guys do them? The, the, well, it's usually the qualification is done in the class that you're taking. So you okay. get something back from the class saying you've completed the class and qualified with the weapon. See, I, quali- when I, had, I qualified in the past with Redlands PD, and uh, it was kind of funny. It was Chierdo, I think was his name, the sergeant. He had me on your knee, one hand, 25 yards, and he was doing everything he could. It's fun. Because, <laughs> <He> okay. <laughs> but at, uh, <laughs> at, the sheriff class, honestly, guys, you can qualify with a brick. It's it's about six feet away, a hundred and fifty percent size silhouette, and the rule is don't miss. And frankly, I saw some shooting up there that was questionable at six feet. I just don't know what the deal is on that. But uh, if you fail that, you should just really put the gun away and go go do something else. Go practice jujitsu because you're going to end up on a, in a mess. But anyway, I want to um, also bring up insurance. So, somebody uses a firearm in the commission of a self-defense, right? Their life changes. You've probably seen where a gun's used in self-defense and the criminal sues the person who shot them. Almost always. Say that again, please. The the criminals almost always will try to sue you. Uh, they they sue cities, anything deep pockets, but they can sue individuals as well. Uh, so it's it's good to protect yourself. And your homeowner's insurance doesn't cover you. If you're a CCW owner, your homeowner's insurance does not cover you for the defensive use of a weapon. If you accidentally shoot yourself in the foot, they'll cover you. But if you intended to defend your, your life, there's a hook because... That was an intentional act, not an accidental act. So you have to get additional insurance. We use CCW Safe. I don't know if you're familiar with them. Yes. But great company, CCW Safe, CCWSafe.com. Uh, check that out. If you have a CCW and you're not running with that company, you're making, well, you're taking risks that you don't need to. And the insurance is cheap, like 130 bucks a year. And self defense is not cheap. It's up to a million bucks to clear your own name. Even if the perp, uh, well, not only that, but if somebody used a CCW or a defensive use of a handgun, the police roll up, somebody's leaking on the floor, somebody else is telling a story. Typically what happens? Everybody goes downtown to talk about it, right? Yes. That, so if you had a completely legal incident Defending your life with a firearm, you are going to go downtown, be arrested, probably ride in the back of a cop car, because they don't know who is who yet, and they're going to collect everything and then sort it out later. Sure. We'll, we'll review all of the information. It uh, doesn't necessarily mean someone will uh, be booked into jail, but they will be questioned, and if it's determined that it was a self-defense issue, they may just be released from there, or they may... Uh, you know, get processed and, and bailed depending on the circumstances. But in most cases, I think that it's a fairly um, easy process once the determination can finally be made for sure that it was a self-defense issue. Right. And so that's important that, you know, again, your first call is to your company, like a CC, well, after the police are there and you've taken care of whatever first aid you need to do, Get them on the line because you want to make sure you don't say something really stupid, trying to be funny, whatever. Just keep your mouth shut. Do what they ask you to do. And uh, 
call your people. I think that's the best advice. That's, that's my legal advice. Don't do it. There you go. Folks, Philip Naiman, Firingland Radio Show. We'll be right back. We're going to talk about the tragic events of December 2nd, 2015, right after this. If you carry a concealed weapon and own a concealed carry permit, you need protection beyond the weapon. My name is Larry Vickers, and I am a retired veteran of U.S. Special Operations, and I now teach law enforcement, civilians, and members of our military in advanced firearm training. I train people to use their firearms in almost any situation, but I can't prepare them for what happens if they are forced to use a gun to save their lives. That's why I use CCW Safe. They offer membership plans for concealed carry permit holders, and if members are involved in a use of force incident, CCW Safe provides expert witnesses, investigators, and the best defense attorneys in the U.S. Yearly plans range from $99 for a single membership to $150 for a dual membership, and special plans are available for law enforcement and military. Members are required to have a valid concealed carry permit and must maintain their permit. Visit ccwsafe.com today. AM 590, the answer. This portion of the firing line is brought to you by Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino and Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Hey folks, Philip Naiman, Firing Line Radio Show. Um, we're here with, with Chief Mark Garcia, and one of the things we talked about in the last segment with CCWs, if you live in the city of Redlands, has to be in the city of Redlands, you don't live in Moreno Valley, work in Redlands, you have to live in the city of Redlands, you need to go online to the website at, is your website, Chief? For it's www.redlandspolice.org. Okay, and look for their CCW application. That's where it starts. Starts online. Don't knock on the door. Say, where's my app? Just go online, fill it out completely, then bring it in. Yes, just fill out the application, uh, follow the directions on there, and we will process that as quickly as we can. Do you guys score it? Like, you say follow the directions. It's like, okay, geez, this guy can't get this right. He spelled his name wrong. Just, you know. We don't score it, but we do require a complete application and complete honesty in filling out the application. If you get Those a, are requirements. If you get a 13 X's in red and an F across it and it's mailed back to you, you know, you've made a big mistake. Hey, I don't want to take up the whole time talking about that, but I want to make sure we got your website out. December 2nd, a tragedy hit the Inland Empire. Yes. It's a terrible thing to... Uh, have had to experience that uh, at the IRC. Our hearts always go out to the victims and the families uh, for that incident. Uh, it was uh, a terrible thing for us here in San Bernardino and Redlands to have experienced, but uh, our response, I think the collective law enforcement response in the area was quite phenomenal and really made me proud of, of our profession in this area and the job that they did in responding to actual terrorism that we've experienced here so you want to tell us what happened the first first call you got yeah the the san bernardino police department handled the incident at the irc Um, they did a great job there was other agencies that came in and and helped them and then as they were investigating they began to get more information on who the person might be Uh, we found that uh, that person uh, the two people that were involved in that lived in the city of Redlands and so that afternoon uh, the San Bernardino detectives uh, had responded out to that area to look and see if if they might still be 
at the residence that they had listed on the information that they had. And when they went out to that residence, uh, the detectives saw the suspect vehicle that was used and uh, then began to follow it. They flagged down the Redlands police officers who then were in marked units and went in pursuit of the suspect. Once the uh, pursuit was engaged, uh, the suspects began firing back at the the officers. The... the, uh contact was made in city of redlands the, the the contact was made in city of san bernardino on tippy canoe avenue in that area the first uh, okay so the, they weren't chased from redlands to tippy canoe yeah the the undercover detectives followed them uh when they left redlands and they headed back towards san bernardino okay they flagged down redlands police officers in redlands and the redlands police officers were following one of the detective cars to catch up to them and they caught up to them in the city of san bernardino and then once they caught up to them, they tried to stop them. They refused to stop. They went in pursuit. And then that's when they started firing rounds at the pursuing officers. Uh, a gun battle ensued, uh, and uh, numerous police departments were engaged in that gun battle. And fortunately, the officers were successful in stopping the terrorists, uh, so they could do no more nefarious acts and uh, did a great job, very courageous uh, things that our officers did uh, from both Redlands Police Department, San Bernardino Police Department, San Bernardino Sheriff's Department, Fontana Police Department. Uh, All of those officers were engaged in this incident and did a great job in making sure that we could protect our community. Once that was contained, then we had to deal with, back in Redlands, they had what the FBI described as a bomb-making factory uh, in their garage. And so we worked with the, our tactical team, worked with the FBI's tactical team on making sure that they could secure that location, uh, make it safe for the neighbors, and then get all of the explosives. There was a family living in there, right? There was a family living in there, the two of the terrorists and the terrorist's mother and a child. Yeah, the mother, and she had no idea that there was a bomb-making factory there. Just just clueless. I don't know these little things with the fuses in them. I don't know. They're just a... That, That was her statement. And that was a believed statement, apparently, by the FBI. Because now, one of the odd things to me was that they opened this place up. I mean, some guy was selling tickets to walk through the thing, the landlord. Well, the landlord uh, ended up trying to get money from one of the media outlets to get an exclusive uh, inside the apartment and ended up letting one in. And then all of the other media force their way in. Uh, It ends up the landlord didn't get any money for that because the original agreement allegedly with the media company was for an exclusive. And since everybody kind of (laughs) bum-rushed in, it it was a bad thing. They they felt really bad, the landlords did, uh, that they even allowed themselves to get into that kind of a situation. It was unfortunate. But what was weird to me was how quickly that property was cleared well, there's nothing to see here. We're moving on. That that seems rather odd. It seems like they would wanted to, you know, go back through five, six, seven times, whatever, turning over everything. It, it just seemed odd that they released it that quickly. Well, I think they they were confident that they had the information that they needed. Uh, well, yeah, because the mother a, said there was nothing else there. Yeah, yeah and, so and, that's good. The FBI went into the to the main house and into the garage and and processed what they needed to process. So I'm not sure that. Uh, I didn't go inside of that scene, so I don't know what else was in there, but I assume that 
they got everything that they needed for this case. And then um, the firearms involved in that were AR-15s and a couple of pistols, and they were actually bought through straw, a straw purchase. Somebody else was involved. I think he was supposed to be part of the plan for whatever reason he wasn't, right? Uh, he was involved in a previous plan with the one of the primary what was terrorists. his name? They, uh, I think his name was Enrique Marquez. Uh, yeah. he, he was involved. They had planned uh, a previous time that they were going to go and shoot uh, at a freeway area, and then when the first responders came, they were going to shoot the first responders up. And then they never ended up carrying out that plan. But at that time, he bought those weapons and gave those to the primary terrorists, which were used a couple of years later in this IRC attack. And he's in jail for? Numerous things, you know, buying the guns for the people, planning terrorist attacks, conspiracy. Now, is he uh, going to be one of Jerry Brown's boys and get out in about six well, months? Unfortunately, he's in federal, federal? prison, okay, so Jerry Brown doesn't have a say in that. Because he probably would just, you know, give him a hug and send him on his way. Jeez, Jerry Brown. Um, I, don't, I know I said I wouldn't get political, but oh, guys, just, just, just quit terrible. trying to tell the truth, Phil. I know. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, um, well, you know, these particular guys, I guess they were, weren't they on a watch list? Someone had said that? Or do you I know? don't think they were on any watch list. The the one male was uh, here, worked for the county of San Bernardino yeah. for five years, uh, was a citizen. Uh, the other person, his wife, came in from Pakistan and was given a visa to come here, so they were both here legally. Uh, and I don't think that they had any previous information until after the fact. They found that she had, in fact, put out some social media before she came here that uh, would, uh, you know, be towards terrorist ideas. But no one looked at that information or was able to obtain that information prior to her coming here. So, what do you think is the threat level with those kind of activities? I mean, we, we've you know we're watching Europe. It's almost a daily basis: a knife attack here, a vehicle attack. Well, you know, you always have to be cautious and aware of your surroundings. Uh, it can happen anywhere at any time. Yeah. You would have never thought that the city of Redlands would have ever had terrorists living in it. Uh, you wouldn't have thought necessarily that San Bernardino would have been a big, big target uh, for someone trying to do something. You usually think of the bigger cities uh, to uh, that those things are going to happen in. But we need to be aware. There's bad things that happen all across this nation, unfortunately, and they happen in towns just like we live in, and we need to be aware, and, and that's why we need to be prepared for any of those actions, be aware of what our surroundings are, and pay attention. It's good advice. Now, one of the other things that uh, came out later, I, I have some friends on the San Bernardino SWAT team. They actually were out training. They were training that day, and they had a full SWAT team there in under four minutes or four and a half minutes, which is impossible, right? It's like the best case scenario. Yeah, the timing was great. Uh, just happened that they were they were doing. They left a minute earlier. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think there was some confusion a little bit early on because when the active shooter went out. Uh, everyone knew that San Bernardino was training that day and thought, okay, they're just training. It's an exercise, and then realized that it was an actual event. Yeah. So the timing was really good that uh, San Bernardino uh, could have a tactical team there so quickly, but all their officers did a great job. And and the other part to that was there was like 13 bombs set aside that didn't go off. Yes, there were bombs both at the IRC and in the city of Redlands uh, that were able to not 
be detonated and were neutralized so that they couldn't be used later. Folks, this is Philip Neyman, Firing Line Radio Show with Chief Mark Garcia, City of Redlands. Thank you for your help. Thank you for your service. Thank you for being here today. Thank you, Phil. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. When you have to shoot, shoot. Don't talk. The Firing Line Radio Show has been brought to you by Bullseye Sports in Riverside. The Riverside Indoor Shooting Range. CCW Safe. Mop and Financial Advisors. Cutting Edge Bullets for when you care enough to send the very best. Prado Olympic Shooting Park in Chino. By Gromit's Cutlery and Gifts. And Vortex Optics. Vortex, the force of optics. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.